The following is a paid podcast from Prudential. Welcome to Wealth Wits, a podcast about money made exactly for you. I'm Faith Saley. So you're an optimistic avoider, and you're in your 40s. I've learned something about what it's like to be an optimistic avoider in your 40s, and I'm here to share that with you. Let's start with the avoider part. I went out and asked some optimistic avoiders about their finances. Here's what they had to say about money. I don't really have a plan of how I'm gonna get to be a saver. I think right now I'm just doing. I'm disinterested in learning the things that I need to learn in order to become a saver, and that disinterest causes anxiety. You know, I'm a creative person and I'm not, I'm not generally the kind of person that wants to think about numbers at all. I've never really stressed about money because I feel like I'm blessed and that the money will come. So here's what I learned. For optimistic avoiders like yourself, money is probably not your top priority. But you're okay with that. Probably you feel a lot more relaxed about your finances than most people. When I think about the most quintessential optimistic avoider, I think about a woman I met named Lauren. She would rather do anything than balance a checkbook. She's too busy living life. I got Lauren to sit down with me to tell me her thoughts on her finances. My name is Lauren. When I was working, we didn't have 401ks and things like that. So I didn't think about that. I needed things to retire on. I, when I first came here, the one thing I noticed was everyone, you have to save. You have to buy an apartment. Why? There's more in life than that. I like to go to Paris. I like to go to Italy. I, you know, I'd spend my money. So for me going forward, I'm not going to worry about it. I, I just can't. That's how I've lived my life always. But it's a bit of a shock that the money that I went through so fast from retiring. But it hasn't changed the things I do in my daily life. I wanted to know what some financial experts would have to say about your financial behavior type. And I wanted to ask what advice they'd have for someone like Lauren. I turned first to Amanda Clayman, a financial therapist and wellness expert. Here's what she had to say. We have to understand and accept that all financial behavior has meaning. And when someone is an optimistic avoider, they are making a choice to put their energy and attention somewhere other than money. Let's talk about Lauren, um, who is a quintessential optimistic avoider. I even love her accent. What advice would you have for Lauren? I loved Lauren. Like you, I, I sort of responded to her, her accent and her attitude. It just, you could see that she is fully who she is and has been since the beginning, which is delightful. In terms of advice, I, I feel like one of the things that Lauren is experiencing is that there's a, a disconnect between the, the sort of strategies that worked in her life while she was a, a working person and now where she finds herself today. So I would want to explore with her sort of how how much of a gap is there. It's not too late for Lauren to, to figure out some kind of balance between um, enjoying life in the moment, but making sure she's she's caring enough for herself financially. Absolutely, it's, n it's not too late, it's never too late. 
optimistic avoiders can be pretty happy-go-lucky carpe diem people. Uh, what are some of the opportunities of falling into this behavior type? I think that there's a, a greater sense of connection to the moment, um, that people who are optimistic avoiders feel intuitively guided in a way that is comfortable to them. Um, very often, though, what they'll do, and it sounds so un- unromantic, but it, it, it is in a way sort of strategic, is they partner with someone who balances them out. So they need another perspective in their lives that that does put up the hand and say, hey, let's think about the future. Let's be disciplined. Have you seen that working well? Money types are not unrelated to other parts of the personality. So a person who's an optimistic avoider, you know, may you may love this person's joie de vivre. Um, their, their fun, their sense of possibility. What are some of the disadvantages and risks of being an optimistic avoider? Well, oftentimes off- optimistic avoiders sort of run into crisis that they didn't see coming, but anybody else could have easily seen coming. <laughs> Um, like like if a sort of medical issue comes up mm. or anything that sort of creates disruption and how money's going to come in or go out in their life um they're not prepared i keep wondering what happens to optimistic avoiders when they get older and older and older and maybe want to retire well i do find that people either sort of outgrow this or they are intuitively guided um in order to to set something up with just enough time to to sort of cover their bases. People often sort of expand their social network when this is their their money type, such that they have people that they can go to who can really help support them. They depend on the the kindness and generosity of the people in their lives in a way that feels very affirming to them. Amanda, thank you so much. Amanda Clayman says that optimistic avoiders like you need to take at least a few small steps to prepare for the future. So what should you do? To find out, I called up David Carlson, a personal finance blogger at the site youngadultmoney.com and the author of the book Hustle Away Debt. Are there any money-saving tools that you would especially recommend for optimistic avoiders? Yeah, I'd say that setting up direct deposit into a savings account or if you're employed by um, an employer who has a 401k plan, setting up those automatic contributions from day one. It might not build up much right now, but you don't see the money. It automatically goes into the account. Eventually, you're not going to miss it. That will help you build a nest egg without actually having to think about building it. Yeah, you're it, it's kind of a responsible way to avoid, right? You're 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 avoiding your your spending by funneling it away without without having to feel the sting. In fact, I would recommend that you don't check your 401k that often because it's really a long-term tool. So if you just continue to make your automatic contributions, don't get worried when the market goes up or down over the course of years or decades, you're going to be in a good spot. That makes sense for an optimistic avoider. You're you're saying you don't you don't have to stay on top of all your balances um, all the time. You know, check it once every few years and pat yourself on the back. Exactly. Okay, so what are the takeaways for optimistic avoiders? First, automate, automate, automate. Set up those automatic withdrawals from your paycheck directly into a savings or retirement account. Once you've taken that step, you can avoid thinking about it altogether. In fact, don't look at it. 
David Carlson says the less you look at your retirement accounts, the better. You want to act like that money's not even there. And whether you're in a relationship or not, think about how your family and friends can help you prepare for the future. There's probably someone in your life who can help you think about saving. And in exchange, you can teach them how to live in the moment. Okay, so we've heard what it's like to manage money as an optimistic avoider. But to get the full picture of your financial situation, we also have to think about your current stage of life. So what's unique about being in your 40s? And what might be some of the challenges in front of you and the opportunities? Out in the world, I also ask people what it's like to manage money as a 40-something. Here's what I heard. It creeps up on you and the older you get, the faster life goes. At 42, when you look around and you see everybody else that you grew up with and went to school with, and they're married with kids and they're going on vacations. Being in my 40s, I feel like I have a bit more um, wisdom and background, and I've, I know how to build a support system when necessary. Okay, so as a 40-something, you're in a phase of preparation. You might be reaching the height of your career, and all of a sudden, retirement doesn't feel so far away. How do you decide where your money should go? Retirement? Caring for an aging parent? If you have kids, saving for their college fund? Experts call the 40s the sandwich years, where you're pressed between lots of different priorities. I spoke with one couple in their 40s who is in exactly this situation. They know that they need to save for retirement, but they're also thinking about paying for their aging parents' medical bills. My name is Shannon, 40 years old. My name is Jeff. I'm 45. Unfortunately, my parents didn't really plan ahead. That is definitely a concern. We both have moms that could be in much better health. And it, it is. It's something I try not to think about on a daily basis, but it's always in the peripheral, knowing that something could happen. And what would that mean if we had to step up to the plate? Could we do that without putting ourselves at great financial risk? Again, I wanted to talk to a financial expert to hear what advice they would give to Shannon and Jeff or someone similarly sandwiched between financial priorities. I reached out to Kimberly Palmer, a financial journalist. Kimberly writes a lot about money management for parents. But whether you have kids or not, whether you have aging parents or not, she's got tons of good advice for 40-somethings. Here's Kimberly. I want to ask you about Shannon and Jeff. They both have parents that they're having to care for. What advice do you have for them? Yeah, it's so hard. I think they really represent kind of the classic squeeze that we so often see happen in, in our 40s. And I think the most important thing for them to think about is to not forget about supporting themselves first. They have to prioritize saving for their own retirements, their own even just simple short-term savings for things they might need. And then after you've taken care of yourself in that way, you can see what you can do to help your parents. What are the opportunities for 40-somethings? I'll, I'll use the word you like to use. What's fun What's about fun? being in your 40s when it comes to money? Hopefully, you know, if things have gone well, you are still working and feel like you could continue working for another 20 years or maybe increasingly, even indefinitely. What are the big decisions that a lot of 40-somethings have to make when it comes to money? A lot of times, we 
40-somethings are still choosing between these big priorities. So how much money are you going to be putting into retirement? Are you maxing out those savings already? If so, maybe then you can start putting more money into the college savings account. What are crises that 40-somethings might have to deal with in this decade? The biggest one that I heard about from my interviews with with moms um, is that they are often thrust into a caregiving role that they didn't expect or plan for. And that suddenly puts so much pressure on their work lives. That is the biggest crisis that often comes up. At what point should people be doing estate planning? Should that be coming up for people in their 40s? Yeah. I mean, estate planning includes things like writing a will, appointing guardians for your kids. I mean, that should be done at least when you have children that you are responsible for. Kimberly, I have a confession. I may or may not have a will. You need to write one tonight. (laughs) Okay, all I really care about is that my friend April gets all my diaries. Kimberly, thank you so much. I I really love talking to you, and I I learned a lot. Thank you so much, Faith. It was great talking with you. Okay, so what did we learn from Kimberly? First, as a 40-something, even if you're tempted to prioritize other people's needs, you have to think about taking care of yourself first. This means saving for retirement. Take a look at your family members and think about whether you might be put in a caregiving role in the future if you aren't already. If that's a possibility, can you start having those conversations now? Think about whether there are steps you can take so that you're prepared to be in that position. And of course, do your estate planning. Write your will. Last of all, we want everyone to know that if you've made mistakes or been out of balance with your financial choices, there's no shame in it. Every financial expert stresses that it's never too late. Ah, You can make meaningful changes starting today. So whatever you do or however you feel about money, no matter what age you are or behavior type you fall into, it's okay. You just need to be aware of the kind of person you are when it comes to your finances so you can grow. And more importantly, be happy. That's all for this episode of Wealth Wits. Special thanks to our guests, Amanda Clayman, David Carlson, and Kimberly Palmer. And special thanks to Lauren, Shannon, and Jeff for sharing their stories. If you want to learn about money matters at other stages of life, or if you're curious about other financial behavior types, check out slate.com slash explorewealthwits. You can also subscribe to the entire series wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like the show, why not let people know by leaving us a good review? I'm Faith Saley. Thanks so much for joining us.